Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. This is Emma Gannon and this is the podcast where I talk to interesting individuals who are creative um, in the internet space and beyond. So thanks for tuning in and I'm really excited to bring to you another episode. So Louisa Omulan is my guest today. So Louisa is a British comedian based in London who I discovered a few years ago when I went to see one of her stand-up shows. In 2012, she um, launched her debut stand-up solo show called What Would Beyonce Do? as part of the Free Fringe uh, part of Edinburgh Festival. So What Would Beyonce Do? has basically gone on to just be a massive success. She had seven sellout runs in the London Soho Theatre and then the show continued to run for another week in the London West End at the Leicester Square Theatre. Louise's comedy has also done really well online where she actually uploaded a four-minute clip to Facebook, which then went viral and has now, since then, amassed over 35 million views on Facebook video. You should check it out. It's called Thigh Gap. She is known for basically empowering her audience and giving a massive party vibe when she performs. Um, It turns into a massive rave, basically. I went to see her show, her follow-up show to um, What Would Beyonce Do, which is called Am I Right Ladies, which was hilarious, and she did a UK tour of that. So her book is now out called What Would Beyonce do um, and it, yeah it came out this week so I wanted to get this podcast up as soon as possible it's published by Century part of Penguin Random House and priced at fourteen ninety nine, um, and can be bought in all the Waterstones out there but also off Amazon etc etc we talk about how stand-up is, is a lifesaver how we want to see more arts funding how to get into comedy the realities of comedy um, I love this episode so much and Louisa is so honest so I hope you enjoy it here it is Okay, so um, I'm here with Louisa Omelan. Is it Omelan or Omelan? Omelan. 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 Oh, where's Milan? Oh, there's Milan. Omelan. Kind of, not really. I love that. I didn't want to say it wrong all the way through. But um, so I'm a massive fan. So this is amazing to have you you on. Thank you. So I went to see. Am I right, ladies? Am I right, ladies? Yeah. Yes, babe. And that was a party vibe. Are they always like that? Yeah, I try to make them too. Like, I try to make them really uh, my solo shows because they're stand-up shows essentially. But like, often you go to a stand-up show and it's just like somebody with a mic and it's quite like, welcome, here's some jokes, bye. And I find that so boring because I'm like, I want to go see a show show. Like, I want to go see like a bit of a spectacle. Yeah, it was amazing. Right? There was people next to us on our row, like drinking and boozing and then by the end everyone was dancing yeah and I've never been to a show like it yeah. I just wanted to say congratulations thank you it was awesome yeah I do love doing those shows like I purposely make them um as accessible and as fun and as uplifting as possible like by the end of the show I want people to be like what? yeah okay. it's almost like a pre-night out thing yeah so so many people go oh I want to go dancing now like I want to go out so on special occasions what I do is I do my show followed by an after party so like once or twice a year like Valentine's Day or a Christmas thing I'll do like a special and they're really really popular so I did one in February this year at the Forum in Kentish Town and I had like 850 people and I did um, I did my first show What Would Beyonce Do and then followed it by a big after party and it was amazing oh so mm. good so I only know you since like going to those shows uh-huh. so what about um, like before because obviously um, there must be a backstory to where you, how you've got yeah. to where you are now. So I've been doing stand-up for like eight, nine years, um, but I've been pursuing comedy since I was like knee-high. So it's never, it's never been, it was not something that I was like eight years ago, I was like, oh, I want to be a comedian. Mm. Like when I was like four or five, I was like, I want to be a comedian, I want to be a comedy actress. But it was just finding a means to do it. And then when you start doing stand-up, like when you start, everyone's like, oh, it's really male-dominated, it's really masculine, la-la-la. 
And it's such a boring rhetoric to hear that. You're like, I'm so bored of like, I'm funny. I've got funny in me. And the people I know are funny and they're women and men. Like, why are you trying to make it out? Like, it's a sex thing. Yeah. Um, so I started doing comedy. Um, but you don't get paid for a long time. So I just did gigs in the evenings. I did sketch troops. I did improv troops. I did, did you go to Edinburgh? Yeah, I went to Edinburgh. Went to Edinburgh and I fell madly in love with this boy who was a comedian. And I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll fly for him. That'll, that'll win him over. <laughs> That uh, is a romantic gesture because yeah. it's hard. Hello, it's really hard. And I was like, I wanted him to be like, wow, she's a really good flyer. I should marry her. <laughs> like, I, like, in my head, I thought that he'd like appreciate the role play of like him being authoritative. And I'm like, oh, let me help you. Um, I've got two extra people to your Yeah, show. right. But it backfired and he just didn't care. Um, but that first Edinburgh, that I, I ignored Edinburgh for a long time because all I ever heard was Edinburgh was like drama students go there, and I, mm. I almost resented drama school because I could never get in and couldn't afford it. So people that I thought went, I was like, you're you're already in, like you you've got a way in. I haven't got a way in. Like every agent mm. I met, they were like, have you been to drama school? No, sorry. I do hear that a little bit that comedy is a little bit cliquey. Oh my like gosh, so cliquey. It can. I do think there's an elitism in comedy. Absolutely, no mm. doubt. And what was so wonderful for me to experience is by me working hard and putting my heart and soul into things and developing the craft of stand-up, so gigging, 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 Edinburgh every year was a chance to perform without somebody saying, oh, you can't. Mm. So That's cool. Yeah, That's so the nice yeah, thing about Edinburgh is that right. anyone can go. Anyone can go. Which so is good and bad. <laughs> it's good, yeah. So the, the free fringe, which is where you don't pay to the show, you just do a donation afterwards, it was infamous for having shit shows because it was like, well, like you say, anyone can go. Um, but for me, that was an opportunity to go, oh, I can put on a show and no one can say, oh, but you didn't go to drama school and mm. uh, we don't mean like your comedy like, and, and you're not a man. Like, it was so nice to be like, oh, well, fuck it. Yeah. I'll just do it myself. Was the reaction quite immediate to your shows? To be honest, yeah, from day one. Yeah. It was amazing. So I've been doing Edinburgh for like five, six years and I'd done like two hands where you go up with a friend, you do a friend, blah, blah. And the next obvious challenge was like, well, I can't keep going up with two people. Like, I need to do a solo show. But I get bored watching straight stand-up. So I was like, I need to put music on. I need to make it like a party. I need to make <laughs> it like really interactive. And um, I remember doing the first few previews and being like, this is weird. I'm just going to play, play a Beyonce song on random when I get bored. <laughs> and people were like, oh, my God, I've not seen anything like it. That was amazing. Love I was that. like, oh, cool. I'll keep doing it then. Because with your shows, obviously, it's your name. Yeah. Are you a character on the stage? No, it's me. Because when I saw you, I was like, oh my God, I love her. I wonder if she's like that in real life. It's, I feel, so people have said, oh, you're a character act. No, I'm a stand-up, and those shows are my kind of stand-up. Like, I even thought maybe you might speak differently. <laughs> like, no, but as in, you know, you know some people, like, um, you know Keith Lemon, you never know what his real yeah, voice yeah, is. Yeah, I was yeah. like, well, maybe, That's like, hilarious. I didn't know whether it was an act, but then I, but then I love that it's hilarious. not. Hilarious. No, it's very authentic, and it's probably my most truthful place on stage. Yeah. Like, without doubt, my most truthful, who I am, who I want to be, um, it's on stage. How um, do you get geared up for it? Uh, I like to do my makeup. I have a ritual doing my makeup for like an hour before. I'm doing a solo show, I do my makeup and I like I like the routine of putting on your makeup and doing your hair. And like with the Beyonce show, I wore the same outfit. Like I wore like a specific outfit that was so right for the show. Oh, it's amazing. And, it's, and you get up for like music and I think feedback from the audience, but it feels my most truthful place to be on there because in that space, I can say what I like. I can say anything I like. 
And as long as I'm funny with it, people will go with it. Like in interviews, if I say anything that's remotely derogatory or anything, people are like, oh, you know, I'll get judged. But on stage, I can talk about how shitty things are, but I can do it in a funny way. And people yeah. go, yay! Do you think comedy so, is for that, there for that reason? Because oh I, I think yes. it's the truth of life. Absolutely. There's nothing, and I think there's nothing more funnier than the truth. Like, the, the closer you are to the truth, the closer you are to funny, I think. Oh, God, there are so many moments in your show where it's like, it's almost like, oh, my God, it's like kind of to the bone. Like, Aww, that is, that is life. You. That happened. Yeah. But especially for women, because I know that, you know, it's not like a gender thing, funny no. or not, but I mean the content of your show is very true for a female audience. Well, but that's... I think that's only because I am a female. Yeah. I think if I was a man, I'd write about man things. But, yeah. like... Because people go, oh, you know, what's it like doing a female show for women? And I'm like, why are you asking me such dumb questions? Like, I'm Louisa, and I'm writing about Louisa's life. Yeah. That just happens to be, like... And also, good, how many times have you had to sit in a comedy club and hear a guy come on stage and talk about, oh, her indoors, and oh, she gave me a blowjob, and oh, I raped a woman, and oh, here's a paedophile joke, oh, but I got a blowjob, oh, I'm so lonely. Oh, but no one calls that male comedy, they call that generic comedy. But I come on stage, and I'm like, guys, I'm 33, like, why haven't I had a baby yet? I want to do a headstand in the corner of the room after I've had sex with every guy that I meet on a one-night stand. Like, people are like, oh, it's such female comedy. Nah, like, it's no... That's so true. Yeah. So that annoys me. Because yeah. of course we're going to talk about aspects of our life, like our sex, our health, our workplace, our friendships. And they are but related do you to think, But do you think maybe the, the reason why it's like so... It's so resonates with women is because... I don't think these topics have been discussed Yeah, they're not before. heard. This is why I wish no, my shows were more well-known. Yeah, because... Okay, so the clip with the thigh gap yeah. that went viral on Facebook mm. that hit like... 30 million eyeballs 35 check it out um, if you're listening which you are why am I saying that (laughs) (laughs) that's so weird (laughs) Um, are you there hello um, but I mean amazing but that is so empowering yeah it really resonated I wanted to hug the laptop I was like thank you but the thing is my thing in that because then I get messages from girls being like Louisa I really appreciate you like I'm a bigger size and thank you so much or Louisa put on loads of weight now and I know I don't care here's me eating a burger and I'm like hang on hang on hang on hang on (laughs) like I'm not saying you can all go eat burgers like my thing is not and it shouldn't be Oh, I don't have a thigh gap, so I'm still amazing. So all of you, those that do, ha ha ha! Look at me, I'm. It's my thing has always been. This is such a ridiculous construct that you're judging a woman by. Mm -hmm. Can we just mock it? I don't care if you have one. I don't care if you don't have one. I just want you to like yourself exactly as you freaking are. Like, sorry to go all Bridget Jones on you, but I want you to like yourself exactly as you are. Yeah. Just say as well, there are so many men who come to your show. Like, yeah, they love it. Um, they love it. Mm, they do love it. Do you think, I mean, obviously that doesn't surprise me, but why do you think the men love it so much? Because it's mainstream. It's no different to when, again, like women go to male comedy shows all the time and they enjoy it. And I think what's really impressive is when I get messages from men saying, thank you so much. I tell my wife or my girlfriend all the time, she's stunning, she's beautiful. Mm. I hate seeing her put herself down. I hate her taking four hours to get ready because she thinks she looks fat and ugly and everything she wears. I hate that she won't let me see her naked or that we have sex with the lights off. I love that you were up on stage and you were like, love yourself. It, it made her look so more, be- like it made her look more beautiful to me to, to see her laughing like yeah. she was resonating with your show. Yeah. And I think those messages are really powerful because 
the message we've, we've talked we've had for a long time is you're not good enough you're not good enough you're not good enough you're not good enough and I think as much as women take that on their shoulders and their burden the, their partners our brothers our fathers Absolutely. our uncles are, are like they're responding to us saying that yeah. they don't give a fuck like it's us mm-hmm. it so is so I think men appreciate the um, it's refreshing oh this makes me want to do my show again I'm really sad that I'm not doing it now but will it come back will it I'd like to I've just taken some time off because yeah. you've been doing it for a long time yeah. and boring because it's been it's been um, I read that the London venue just sells out every time like yeah. it, it, you put yeah. it back on because yeah. of the demand yeah so I've been doing what Beyonce did for five years now so it's like the longest touring debut show I think that anyone's had so that's amazing yeah so it's amazing but I just wish I had some help with it and I wish I could make it more mainstream and I wish it would blow up the way I've been wanting it to blow up because I kind of want every woman to see my show mm. I want every woman every man to come and see it I want them to quote it back at me I want them to learn it and believe it because mm. I think they're really good shows I think it's important for people well, it's, to an, see it's an amazing show speaking of more mainstream yes. your book yes what would Beyonce do with the same name is being stocked in all Waterstones world, worldwide? I mean, um, just nationwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> in London for now, but, but yeah. But um, I've got a copy in my hands and I'm so excited to read it. Thank you. Um, I mean, I've been a massive fan of yours, so I think for anyone that's seen your show or just kind of loves your, even your Twitter feed, for example, this is a book they want. I hope so. My worry is, I just worry, I, I hope people like it because in my live shows, I've got complete control over how I say stuff and how people take it because I've got my facial expressions I've got my voice I've got my body I've got music I've got all these things to make it really accessible and it's I was dreading writing the book because you go how am I going to get my intention into a page where some random's going to read it and they don't know my voice how how can I make sure they take it in the light that it's meant to be so it's really challenging writing mm. a book so I just hope that it comes across yeah well I've like just it. literally opened like the first page and I mean, you have a very distinctive voice and it's very obvious, like, that it's you in all your different ways. Because I guess, as well, if you're a creative person, you want to make things across lots of different mediums, don't you? Yeah. And you've done the audiobook. Yeah. The audiobook I love. The audiobook I found so much easier than the writing because I was reading out the audiobook and I was like, what? This makes no sense. Who the fuck wrote this shit? This, can we change this? This doesn't mean, I didn't mean it like that. (laughs) I meant it like this. Yeah. And that was really, (laughs) that was really fun to have that obviously because it's more of a stand-up show because it's yes. like oh i oh i can do it with my accents and yeah well that was actually a question is so with your comedy obviously mm. i mean i do i know nothing about writing comedy yeah <laughs> surely you need in your own head to be like this is funny and you give yourself yeah. that permission to be like yeah this is really funny is that the same when you're writing the book like yeah yeah this is funny do you ask do you ask friends um kind of for feedback kind of thing or is it very solitary yeah, you do so when I do jokes so I'll say something that's made me laugh and then I'll be like oh I'll do that on stage because I think that's really funny and then if people laugh you go oh yeah and I'm normally quite good at being like yeah that's funny the trick is then making it it's not necessarily funny because I can say something funny that's easy enough to do it's it's making it part of a bigger piece so it's making it into a five minute routine or a 20 minute routine it's how do I make you like me instantly so when I do say this funny thing you're going to laugh and not go she's weird like it's yeah. it's part of a bigger picture so almost the easier thing in the book is to go on paper this one line you don't know me is that a funny and you go yeah it's funny but often stuff on Twitter I think is funny when you read it but if I was to stand on stage and say it wouldn't be funny like it's a different that's so interesting do you know what I mean yeah. it's like a do you do previews? So many. So when I first started doing Beyonce, I had no agent, no manager. A bit like 
like where I'm at right now. <laughs> and um, and uh, so what I started doing is I was like, when I go to Edinburgh, I want it to be ready from day one. I want, because people used to go to Edinburgh and they were like, oh, the show will be ready by the end. And because I didn't wasn't fortunate to be in that position, I was like, I need to make it exceptional. Mm. So it's as good as the first day as it's the last. Obviously mm. it will get better, but you want it, you want it mm. showcase worthy, review worthy, day yeah. one. Exactly. So, You've had a lot of reviews. Yeah, so then I, I did 33 previews. Um, and I couldn't get into comedy clubs because they didn't know me. So then I, in Brighton, I started doing it at Brighton Festival and I was doing this bar and I started getting loads of um, gays and girls in my audience. And I was like, oh, how do I do this? So then I started approaching gay bars and was like, can I do it in your function room at six o'clock before a club night for free? And, like, and I started previewing it. Previewing. Yeah, so that's why I think men are surprised they like it, but they shouldn't be because it's so many people have seen it that I've worked it worked it to make it as accessible as possible yeah. to a broader spectrum of people because the themes are totally universal totally yeah because with um, the blurb of your book um, and what it says on Amazon and I guess the driving force behind your show is is the backstory you're very honest in your show about how you went through a breakup yeah is that was that the kind of trigger behind wanting to do the show and yeah, totally, all of the content totally so I remember it was it was Christmas everyone's been through shit yeah everyone's been through shit so I'd had this really shit Christmas so I was dating this guy that I was completely obsessed with it was unhealthy I was totally in love with him and uh, he's the guy I fly for and then like after six months we broke up I whatever. hope his show isn't doing well I hope his show is doing very well because my mama told me better than that um, wherever he is now I don't know little uh, lyric from Survivor yeah there. hello just drop that in oh, yeah. which by the way because um, I love that whole not going to diss you on the internet because my mama told yeah. me better that was 2001 I know it's such a smart move like every now like when I go to tweet something and I'm like, I really want to tweet about somebody and I'm like my mama told me better than that like, okay Beyonce okay um, so yes I was dating this guy and then, because I was so in love with him. You know when you're so in love with somebody, you'll settle for breadcrumbs. Like, you'll settle. So we, he dumped me. But then he'd be like, I just want to call you every day. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, of course. Like, no, you need to. No, you absolutely need to. And then for, like, two years, like, it was off and on and off and on and off and on and off. And, and I just was so patiently waiting mm. for the day for him to turn around and be like, I want to be with you. And then he got a girlfriend, and I was like, hold up. <laughs> like, I got really... Because uh, that's the line, isn't it, of in the back where it says, um, when the person says they're not ready, ready. but then they're ready they're with ready someone else. They're ready with someone else. And you go, I don't... And you go, I don't... But I've been here this whole... I've been here supporting you, waiting for you. Like, you know how I feel about you. And then it's like, yeah, but, you know, that's just how it is, Louisa. And you go, well, ha- excuse me, hello. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> I was in line. Like, if you were going to get one, I was supposed to be the next one because I was in line. Yeah, and I flied for you. Yeah, and I flied for you. And then it just doesn't work like that. And then I was so heartbroken. I was like, that's not fair. Like, that's... You said you weren't ready. The whole point I've been talking to you is because you said you weren't ready. Like, if you, if you'd have said you were ready but not me, I would have probably <laughs> still talked to you every day. But, like, I would have had the choice to not. Yeah. So then um, I was so depressed. And then people were like... Oh, you know, do, still do gigs, do gigs, and then people are like, oh, I'll talk about it on stage. And I was like, I just don't want to go on stage. I'm not funny here. Like, I just, ugh. So I'd go on stage and be like, I've just been stalking this bitch for fucking three and a half hours this afternoon. I haven't washed today. And it's nearly Christmas, and everyone's sharing presents, and all I can think about is her meeting his bloody parents. And, like, going off on one, and people would, like, laugh. And so when they laugh, I was like, oh, that took the sting out of it a bit. Because mm. you go, oh, they get it. Yeah. And that's nice to be... But what like, an amazing 
amazingly brave thing to do when you're in that emotional state to be like I'm gonna do a show but it's either that or kill yourself genuinely at the time I was like I'm so lost I don't get life and at the time somebody in my family tried to commit suicide they took a suicide attempt on Christmas day and I was like I don't know what God or the universe has got planned for me I'm like not going where I wanted to all I can see is my family falling apart the person I love doesn't want me do you want me just to die is that what you want me to do because I'm not getting by on my career and I'm 27 I've been pursuing with so long what do you want me to do I have nothing I've got nothing and I don't want to die I want to live but I hate feeling like that's an option because you go what else what else is there I don't see any hope so actually going on stage and being like I feel so fucking hopeless Mm -hmm. and people going and you go oh oh that's quite nice I know exactly what you mean I feel like art is there for totally that reason it saves you yeah have you met um, people through your shows? Is that another positive thing that's come out of the shows? The shows enlightened my heart, made my soul sing. And the shows, I met so many people. Because um, you've toured how, uh, in how many countries? Oh, Well, God. you did Australia, didn't you? I did Australia. So I did Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and I got nominated for Best Show two oh years in a row there. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. And then I've done, like, Helsinki. I've done Finland. I've done, like, Dublin, Belfast. I've done LA, New York, Singapore, <gasps> Toronto, Montreal, just for laughs. Oh, my God. Um, Brussels. Where else have I done? That's like, nuts. Yeah, I've done quite a few places. Wow, I had no idea it was that many. Yeah, so, like, it was amazing. But, like, now, after doing all of that... Like, I'm still renting. I'm still trying to figure it out. I still don't have much money. Like, you're not back to square one, but you do feel like it's a constant hustle. Mm -hmm. Like, there's moments where you go, I'm doing loads of shows, I'm making money, and it's really exciting, like it's getting somewhere. And then the show's finished, and it's like, oh, what next? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think sometimes, like, TV especially has been really slow. It's been really frustrating. The the book deal happened because TV wasn't. Mm -hmm. So you just go, I've got this audience that's there for the taking. Why are you... By ignoring me, you're ignoring them. Yeah. And that's the reason they're coming in their droves and they're selling out every London show. The reason I'm getting 35 million views is because I've got a voice for people that you're not showcasing. So more shame on you, but what can I... Do you know what I mean? Do you feel like there's a breakdown between, like, mainstream media and they just kind of bit Absolutely. slow? Because Absolutely. you're getting 35 million views on your, when your content is uploaded online. Absolutely. There's a huge... There's too many people involved. There's too many, um, like, I want to say pencil pushes, but I think that's the wrong word. There's too many people that have to tick the box to mm-hmm. say, oh, this is funny, this is funny. And the people that are valuing whether something is funny or not is people that don't have any experience in comedy whatsoever. So they're like, oh, we've got this commissioner. They were the head of documentaries uh, at the Animal Animal One channel. And now they're head of comedy commissions. And they're like, they watch something and they're like, I don't find it funny. And you're like, well... Mm. Mate, you used to watch elephants humping for a living. Like, you're not going to appreciate my art form. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not for you. It's not for it's you. It's not for them. And then they go, so, like, I, I remember I did, um, I got viral with a thigh gap, and it was, like, got to 15 million views. And my agent at the time, she contacted, like, Live at the Apollo. And they had acts that they were booking that had been going less time than I have that were getting booked. And my agent was like, you should book Louise for Live at the Apollo. And they were like, oh, yeah, she's not ready. And you go, my, show me one comedian that's had 15 million views in like two weeks like a woman you say you want women no you don't <laughs> you say you want like something refreshing voice no you don't I'm showing you 50 million views and you go you're not ready you go alright mate mm. like they, they don't even let you try out for it and I don't know how and, but I'm not supposed to say that because that makes me sound bad or bitter mm. but you go 
I'm just going to state the facts here. You are going to audition I, for I something. I think that's industry-wide that they say they, they don't have money to take risks anymore. Yeah. Like, you, back when, when it was, like, at the old school comedy, like, you hear the stories of, apparently they just got a bit of money and they could, like, go and have fun with it. Yeah. And it's like, no, but they, they had more. They, like, the channels had more money. And it's, I think we're at this crossroads where... But they're they killing don't know comedy. What to they're, killing, they're killing comedy, and they think they're not. And they think they're progressive, and they think that they're showcasing people. They're showcasing the same names from the same agents. It's the same people in people's pockets. I get Louise from Mock the Week. Yeah, but I, <laughs> like even Mock the Week, that's fine. But I don't want to do Mock the Week. Why don't you get my own pilot? Why don't you just back a pilot? Just mm. back a pilot, mate. <laughs> just try it back. If people hate it, fine. Never use me again. Mm. But I promise I will make you something that people lose their head. Because like you as well. Another reason why Louisa should get a pilot. Thank is, you. Is because or a series. <laughs> Can we have a series, please? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's going to happen. Because um, your DVD got crowdsourced on Kickstarter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, the people want it. Yeah, people wanted it. So that's the thing I learned after my thigh gap. Because I was like, oh, well, if I can't get TV, but people want this... I have to do it myself so I crowdfunded my own DVD it cost like £28,000 in the end and like you know that's mm. that's done really well because like, I think that is what people want because I remember when I went to your show I binged on YouTube of you, ah. of you. like all of the all of like stuff from um, like the oh, earlier stuff. days I was just oh. laughing my head off oh that's so sweet because we it's just people want people want to like snack on that sort of like yeah people short. think things are changing like the YouTube and social media is changing things and I think I wish industry would catch up there's mm. so many things that are slow I know you've done it that way for a long time and it's worked for you but it's not working for new talent so I need you to tr- like to run with things and mm. I think industry knows that I think they know that they're going to eat themselves and they're going to fall behind yeah. like they have to be part of the change of progression and most totally. people in the industry I think they mean well and they want good things but they don't they don't realise how they make it feel very elitist they mm. make it feel very oh it's our club and actually we're doing really well and you go you're not listening to the comics outside of your building going we're here we're here we've written all this stuff we've got stuff to show you yeah and they don't they don't seem to um who knows do you think, know what at the moment yeah. I go I genuinely <laughs> I mm. don't care I don't know I don't know mm. like hopefully it will change like America's much more on board with it America goes I've heard that um, I know that there's a hilarious bit in your um, show about an, an agent yeah. in LA is it yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like no he's there yeah, the she, voice yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the American I voice really, oh my god you're amazing <laughs> oh my god I really love you what's your name Louis? I really love you yeah right? I mean that is just so good but aside from like how ridiculous it seems over there, it does seem easier to get in the room with people. Is that well, true? Well, this is the thing. I would argue that over there, if you make a bit of noise with audiences, all the TV, all the, they'll all see you and be like, yeah, let's do something. Let's try it. Mm. Whereas here, they go, oh, we love you. Let's meet you. Yeah, we'll let you. Yeah, we'll sit on this for four, four years. Okay, mm. cool. So slow. So slow. And it's hard, I think, for production companies as well because they're, they're with talent. They're supporting talent. They're standing by them. And then, you know, channels, then they have a restart or they have their own things going on. And then it's like, you get one thing through one person, but the other person doesn't like it. And I genuinely believe, like recently with the passing, like Carolina Hearn and Victoria Wood, mm. phenomenal legends in comedy. I can't help but think that if they were starting now, they would be ignored by the channels. The channels would make it harder for them to, to get in. Same with French and Saunders and Abfab. They would make it harder for us to... Because... I'm only going off my own experience, mm. me with other comedians that I know. Do you remember, like, um, Only Fools and Horses? The first few episodes of that, like, weren't great, weren't anything, like, they're, I mean, they're, they're classic, like, it's a classic series. 
But they had like two se- They gave that two series. Mm-hmm. Now they go, we'll give you one series, one pilot. If it doesn't get over five million views, we're done. We're mm-hmm. cutting it. And you, go, you give nothing a chance to grow. Or yeah. To- if Netflix is listening, because no, they should, they should, because um, at least they are a little <laughs> bit more risk taking. It seems I, online. I web would series. love Netflix to take on my Am I Right Ladies DVD. That would be my ultimate dream to have Am I Right Ladies because it's really well shot. It's beautifully shot. It was a woman called Sarah Townsend that directed it for me, and she produced all Eddie Izzard specials. Amazing. So it looks epic. Yeah, and um, Netflix would be the. Dream. You don't even have to pay me Netflix. Just, I just want access to people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's the cross section of like, so, how the fuck do you get money? Yeah, how the fuck? So, yeah. so we're in falling in between. Whereas I think the next year, by after us, they would have figured it all out and be like, yeah, we know how to do yeah. it. I'm gonna, certain... man- I'm gonna monetize my YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Like pilot, clear, blah, blah 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 done. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think is changed. Like, but like, I'm. A, you get YouTubers now that do stage shows that have got no experience in stage and they're shit shows. Whereas you get me that's an experienced stage show artist but wouldn't know how to do a good YouTube. Do you know what I mean? It's like a... Yeah. It's a weird time. It yeah. really, really is. Yeah. But um, are you kind of... Do you feel slightly like now the book's out, you're going to move on to like... You want to explore new territories? No, or? I feel like it's nice to have a break. Like I've been working for a long time so I've been doing things for a, um, a long time so I've been doing... Writing shows is exhausting. Writing two good shows is exhausting. Like it's not something that you just go, oh, three months and it's done. Mm. So to write... So I did those solo shows, then I wrote three, two pilots, another idea, and the book, and it all happened at the same time, and it only is really finished. Like, the book's out mm-hmm. yesterday. Woo! Woo! But also, like, but yeah, I can imagine you out. are knackered. Yeah, so, like, June, July, August, I've taken off just to, like, just to have some headspace and live a little, because everything's about touring or trying to make the next bit of money, like, how am I going to pay my rent next month? What have I got to do? How can I work? How can I work? And you go, actually, I just need to live a bit and have some time out away from the industry. Yeah. So that I'm hoping in September something will happen and it'll be game on and I'll have, like, a project. Yeah. But for now, some time off and just promote the book. Because the book was challenging to write, but also really easy because it's just the story of the show. So you just go, well, the the challenging bit is going, oh, shit, it's out now. People are going to read like having my dear diary that everyone can read like that's quite yeah but like you must know that from your book hello control or delete i have here a signed copy we just signed each other's books by the way it was a really it was a very special moment and they're sitting next to each other in waterstones at the moment yes they are yes they are just love it i'm I'm literally hugging louise's book i can't wait did you not feel like that like when you wrote this because in this you've got some personal anecdotes and stuff right yeah so did you not feel like i wonder if you had the same anxiety where it's like shit like oh you've got you've got my diary or you've got my yeah and I thoughts. feel like people every single individual who reads it will have a different totally time with it like I so, feel that it's a very personal thing reading a book and totally. they'll imagine different things and actually I'll be interested uh, there's a chapter in there about trolling okay. and, and about how like online abuse and stuff yeah. as a young journalist blah yeah. blah blah but there's a pit so in about 2010 or 2009 like a long time ago I wrote a piece about female comedians did you that is not okay what did you write? I wrote... Oh I, my God, yeah, I need to see it. Is I, it in I, here? Yeah, so basically, I troll myself. I troll an article I wrote going, what the hell? So it's about how Why I wrote... you do that? I wrote, I wrote it and I thought I was being like opinionated and like interesting. Oh, really? Because I wanted, to be, I wanted to be noticed. What was the opinion of female comedians? That they only talk about women's stuff. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello. I know. I know past me is a bad person. No, but now that you see my show, you kind of go, oh, fuck, that's amazing and important and relevant. Yeah. So you learn from it. Absolutely. Yeah. Basically, I got the wrong end of the stick. 
completely. But, you know, people do that because people see something. Like basically, so I, it was a show about um, it was a, it was three female comedians, one after the other was like marriage, babies, and periods. And I yeah. was like, men talk about neutral things, and I was like, oh my fucking god, I can't believe I wrote that. But in fairness to you. There are some shit female comedians out there. I'm not saying there's not. People will see me and I'll die and they'll be like, she's shit, all women are shit. But they won't see my friend Barry and the hebe shit and think all men are shit. Exactly. And that's what bugs me. Because when I'm exceptional, they won't, they, they love it. But like, it's, but you're if, just if I was a so guy funny. that was exceptional, yeah. he'd be on fucking everything by now. Oh, I know. But that's, that's why that chapter was so hard to write because I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what? The, literally, who wrote that? Not me. Um, I was owning my mistakes. That's, hey. That it was all bullshit. Yeah, hello. Am I right, ladies? Yeah, Yeah. literally. I think it's, um, I think it's, and people, like, I meet people that go, I don't really like female comedians, but I really like you. And I go, all right, what other female comedians have you seen? And they go, well, I I haven't. And you go, all right, mate. So, (laughs) you've just learned, you've just learned a prejudice there. But also put more women on so that we can actually, like, have a bit more of a range as well. But just give us, just give, give I just think give artists... Not necessarily more control, but more access to creating things because it mm-hmm. is our art and we live for it. And to be able to do it well, you want to put your whole time into it. It's very difficult when you have to have three other jobs to support your hobby in the evening. Mm-hmm. Like, just give some funding to it. Like, stand up comedy has no arts council funding. No, and you go stand up no. comedy. Like, the amount of people that I've, I've had letters from people that wanted to kill themselves who've had eating disorders that have seen my shows and been like, thank you, I felt better. Oh my god, on a bad day, I think most people Google stand up comedy. Right, so then you it's go, a lifesaver. It's totally a lifesaver. It's totally, so why would you not then provide funding for that? Because you don't think it's relevant or important. Because you just, And it infuriates me how much, um, how. Science is always very well respected. Science, being a doctor, absolutely. I mean, not at the moment. People are like, what's his name, Jeremy Hunt in? But like, normally, mm. science and doctors, there's a respect there that should be there. And art is healing, mm. and art is empowering. I overheard is- loads of people at your show. Like, I was going to the toilet, and yeah. there was like loads of girls in the toilet and outside the toilet. And basically, I overheard two people, two conversations. One, one of them, they were like, they'd just been dumped, the friend, and she was Aww. crying in the toilets, and she was like, tonight's the best night I've had in months. Literally. I can't remember to tell you this, actually. And then there was another one, and the two friends were just like, um, yeah, basically one of them had just got sacked or something, and they were just like, you know, have I cheered you up? Was tonight all right? And Aww. they were like, yeah, it's amazing. And I feel like that is why comedy exists. Of course. Like, I, I think I was having a bit of a shitty week, actually, when I went to see your show. I just remember being like, I'm in a good mood now. Like, I left being like, buzzing. It's really, um, it's really amazing it's really to me how important it is and empowering it is. I had this message once from a woman who, um, eight months ago, her seven-year-old got killed in a in a car accident, like a there was an accident, and uh, it's not. I'm not undermining. It, it might be. It sounds really like a weird thing, but she wrote to me and she's like, "I watched your video, the I get video. It was the first time I've allowed myself to laugh in ages." Mm. And you go, and I was like that's incredible mm. but you go that's what comedy is there for. it's to heal you it's to help heal you it really like it's is. when you're at a funeral and depressed and devastated you know something happens and you laugh the hardest because <laughs> your body's mm. crying out for that for that um yin to yang is the wrong thing but it's the, it's the balance isn't yeah. it anything that feels painful and treacherous and horrendous and heavy has to be like life has to balance it out i think i think it's also interesting at the moment isn't it like with everything in the planet going on oh my god yeah. it's purging itself and i can't help but think it's because we've lived selfishly it's all about how can i make more money me myself and i like it's a man male dominated 
well, it's not community, it's not us, it's not empowering you, it's this is for me, your shit, I'm amazed that this is for me, greed, 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 greed. Mm. And it's purging yourself, it's not working for us. I would love to see a more yes. inclusive community, female led energy taking us forward. Oh my god, me too. I think comedy is that, and it's amazing how they've said, oh no, comedy's meant. Really? It like includes people, it empowers people. It makes people good about themselves. It, it unites people, mm. and also it. Um, what I find when I'm in Edinburgh and that environment, um, I know although there are some cliquey com- comedy groups, I feel like there's hardly any ego. Yeah, because everyone's just on a bit of a ple- exactly. level playing field. Also, like you're just flyering your show. Exactly, you're not making much money. You want to be just doing. And it. also, you can die any day, so you can have a. You can feel like top of the world and feel like you're fucking amazing and a legend. And the next day, you will do a gig where you get heckled so hard and die on your ass. It keeps you grounded. Yes. It keeps you so grounded. Yeah. But art is inherently. It's a female energy, isn't it? It's creation, it's fertility, it's creating, it's creating mm. things. That's the thing, you know, we give birth, we create things. But we're like, oh no, it's not art's not important. No, it's, uh, it's all about the science brain. Mm. Shut up. Yeah, like, absolutely. shut up. Oh my God. Anyone listening who is a commissioner of any kind, funds art things, yeah. is a talent house, anything, tweet me and Louisa <laughs> yes please tweet us yeah well thank you so much thank you so much for having me sorry for rambling no that was um, an awesome episode and um, I love everything that you do thank you Emma that's very kind of you thank you thank you if you like this episode please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes it would mean so much to me also um, tweet me at girl lost in city on Twitter I'd love to hear your feedback So thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week.